Welcome to episode 33 of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I am still Robert. I'm Paul. And I am Lieutenant Colonel Brian of the 4th Fusiliers. Chip, chip, cheerio. <laughs> he, he clicked his heels on that one. He did. Uh... Today we are discussing a little film by Sam Mendes, 1917. I believe it won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. It did. And um, and it's also nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. As and well believe, as a fuckload of other... Uh, yeah, I believe awards. Sam Mendes is uh, nominated for Best Original Screenplay and all sorts of stuff. So, director. Uh, yeah, I know definitely. A director or a Best Cinematography with Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it should win Best Cinematography. Right? <laughs> so, so Roger Deakins has been nominated. I think he's now he's he's he holds the record for the most nominations for a a type of award and not without winning it. Um, if he does not win for this, I don't know what if the he fuck could. he has to do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he would have to go into space and literally film <laughs> a fucking uh, nebula birthing stars. I just I don't understand what the fuck else he could do because the the this movie was fucking gorgeous. It, it's horrifying, but it's gorgeous. You know, I, I, everything I think, was shot beautifully. You know, I think if he doesn't win this year, next year he will literally wrestle a bear and then he'll win. <laughs> I think that's the right of passage. It's in the bylaws. Now. Yes, yeah, it's, in the it's in the bylaws of the. It's, uh, what's the, a bylaw? The MPAA. Uh, <laughs> no, Leonardo DiCaprio wrestled a bear and didn't win. Yeah, he so. did that already. The truth. <laughs> he did that already. But just getting back on track here. What was everyone's initial thoughts of the film? I loved it. Um, I. It was an experience, you know. Um, the, it really. It's one of the most tense movies I've ever watched, and I think since since um, A Quiet Place two years ago, um, the, the most tense movie experience that I've had since then, and prior to that was like Gravity, you know, back in like you know, 2013 or something. So um, it was just an excellent movie all around. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, yeah, I... Th- I- I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I feel like most people uh, criticized it for the fact that it had like a weak story element and you can argue about whether or not it did. But um, I mean, I didn't was I wasn't really going into it expecting to delve deep into like a story. Kind of like when you see like a Godzilla movie. You know what I mean? You just go to see, like, fucking monsters fucking fight and shit. Well, this was just, like, you know... I, I, had, I had read some reviews beforehand uh, about the fact that it was shot to look like it was, like, a one or, I think, two long takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, so this is going to be sort of like an artsy sort of war movie. And then knowing that, I feel like it like delivered so fucking hard on that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just fucking good. I don't know. <laughs> That's definitely um, what my take on it was leaving the theater. I was blown away at the sheer amount of work that they put into it. Um, and I just visually, it was fucking incredible. Incredible. Um, and 
I don't know, some people like the one shot deal and some people think that it's like gimmicky, but also like if you could pull it off, why why not? Yeah. Um and Sam Mendes, the director, had said like he only wanted you to know what the characters knew and he didn't want you any further or any uh, any further ahead of them or any, or far behind them. Mm. So you it was kind of just their perspective which i thought was brilliant for, yeah. especially for a large world war <laughs> that you'd only know what these two guys know and what they find out along the way and i thought it was i thought it was fucking immaculately done yeah i've got to agree with you guys um i literally got out of the theater maybe like an hour ago right. so it's still very fresh in my brain mm-hmm. and i i loved it um it, it was it was a World War One film told on a very personal level, which I appreciated because I'm not like big into like the war movies and stuff like that. But just from a technical aspect, the 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 decision to make it one continuous shot or make it appear to be that um, it just kind of like made me appreciate the movie on a completely different level. And even though, like, yeah, it's a very simple story, it was told in a way that made it seem way more important than it actually was. Mm-hmm. And I loved mm-hmm. that. I loved yeah. the sheer urgency and yeah. how Brian was saying it was very suspenseful. It was. And I love how, Robert, you were saying that it's told through their perspective and we never leave their perspective. And I, I think that's to the benefit of the film. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of war movies will do like, you know, you're in uh, the general's uh, tent or something like that. And you're dealing with high level information and all, and all that stuff. But we got the reverse shot of that from the guys that get called into the tent to go do the thing while everybody else makes decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all to save what, 1600 guys. And they had till daybreak the next day to do it. Basically. Yeah. Which is just like, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I want to go back to what you had said, like Rob about, you know, that, and I think um, Paul, you said this well, like some people complained about the one shot take being a gimmick. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be fair, it is, It, it is a gimmick, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it, it's a negative thing. Um, you know, I think for the the story that Sam Mendes wanted to tell and the way he wanted to tell it, it that this fit that perfectly. Mm-hmm. I, I, it yeah. served the story. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a better way to have done this movie without doing it as a one, you know, you know, put that in quote, one shot, one, one take shot. Cause again, it's not, a, or a one shot take. Cause it's not obviously done in one shot, but right. Yeah. Right. I, right. I, the way they did it, I, I thought it was perfect. I really yeah. did. Yeah. I was actually going to say, was there any point that you guys thought it was obvious that they were just trying to mask a cutaway? <laughs> I had a few moments that I recognized. Yeah. Same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had at least one, but no, and I didn't think it was like bad or anything. I was no. just like, oh, okay. You know, they're, they're just trying to make it look like it's not a cutaway here. <laughs> yeah. For more, for, <laughs> for me, it was more of just knowing that it was, you know, done in that style. It was more of just my curiosity. Things like, oh, can I pick it out? You know, mm-hmm. can I, can I pick it out? And, and yeah, there were a couple moments where I was like, okay, you know, but it wasn't like breaks. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. leaving, you know, yeah. fuck this <laughs> yeah, movie. It yeah. It wasn't uh, jarring or anything. No. I think for me too, I went in 
because I'm a video editor, I'm looking for those things. I'm looking right. to see where's a cut, where's this. And then probably about like halfway through the movie, I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I got so engrossed in the story and the position of the camera yeah. versus, oh, well, let me see like where a cut would be. The first one that I think I noticed was um, from the beginning of the film, right when they walk into the first trench, it's like a five minute or so right. shot from uh, getting his order to help getting his friend up and then walking down into the trench system. Mm-hmm. Um, right at that point, the camera backs up beyond the footpath a little bit and somebody walks in front of it with a big bag. Right. Okay. For me, that's cut number one. And then I think the second cut was probably when they walk into the tent and things kind of go dark for just a split second. Right. Right. Okay. And that, that seems like an obvious place. But yeah, there, there there are a few throughout the movie where you can easily, or maybe maybe not easily, but you can see that it would be there. But I don't think it detracted at all. No. no. Especially, especially once they went over... Uh, the top and they were then in no man's land and on their you know oh my their God. mission yeah you... uh, that that shit just falls away and you're just like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> yeah shit just starts like happening one after another after that for for people who criticize the story or lack of story i heartily disagree with that um you know there are some war movies that you know like say Patton, where it's about a guy or you know, Saving Private Ryan, where, you know, yes, that's about a mission, but it's also about, you know, a battle at the beginning, you know. Um, this, I thought, was a really decent story. I, I, I thought, you know, these these two soldiers have a mission to do to save lives. One of them being, it's a very personal thing, because one of the lives that's going to get be saved is his brother. And mm-hmm. I thought, for a war movie, that's a pretty fucking good premise to to get an, an audience to want to watch it, you know? Yeah. And I think simple, uh, but it works. Yeah. No, it's, there it was definitely, you know, they didn't go for like, there wasn't like some sort of fucking conspiracy mm-hmm. and there weren't aliens and or, you know or what I mean? Like there, <laughs> or it wasn't telling the story of how this immense battle unfolded, you know? Right. It was just about save, save your brother, save those men who are also your brothers. Right. Um, and I thought that was awesome. And I just, the daylight shots were so fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was so, just so much of it stopped me in just like awe of, of what I was seeing. But then the end of it, I mean, for the story being bare bones and skeleton or however anybody wants to word that, like I got choked up at the end. Yeah, it was sure. emotional. For sure. Yeah. Oh no, there are, there are definite points even, prior to the end uh, where it had a very, very, very powerful emotional punch. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Just talking about the, the shots, Robert, how you were saying, like you were taking it all in and how everything looked so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with just the sheer scale of like the set design. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, specifically that point where he's going to cross the bridge on his own. Oh, oh my Christ. god! Oh. I'm just like watching this, and I'm I'm seeing it all unfold, and I'm just like, 
completely pulled into that Mm -hmm. and i'm Mm. in that world and in that moment right then and there i wasn't anywhere else my brain Mm. wasn't thinking that's how it was when they go into that large crater yes with the uh with the water in it dude Um, the for me the the coolest part in him crossing that bridge is like he gets fired upon mm -hmm. and finally there's like an opponent Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like you've 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 sunk all this time, and there's a big emotional uh, happening where his friend gets killed a little bit earlier, mm. and and then he's he's got to break off from this massive group of people that are stuck because you know paved roads and <laughs> and bridges <laughs> and and bridges and and he has to cross the bridge by himself, and then somebody fires on him, and you're like, holy shit! Now there's an apo-, like. He's fucked. He's totally fucked. Like there was such a, yeah, that was such a great way to have all of this stuff happen before that, and then pull you in further. Yeah. yeah, I feel like at that point it grabbed you by the your neck and yanked you into the story because you're like, now I want to see this kid do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here now. Yeah, We've got right. this far, and he's gonna get just shot on this fucking bridge trying to cross it. Like that can't happen. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so you completely invest in that in that part of it, and I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I re- I really like how that that scene in particular um, illustrated two gunmen trading shots. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like in a lot of war movies, it's kind of like people just firing and and all right. that. You don't really you don't really get to see the like fucking detail, you know? Of, of you know, you you fire, but if you're taking a shot, you're out of your cover as well. So you gotta like. You know what I mean? Kind of psych- try and psych him out and shit. Yeah, there's strategy to it. And, and there's a term for that. It's called the intimacy of war, um, where so many people think of war as just these massive battles. But really, war is, a lot of times can come down to a guy going down an alleyway and a sniper trying to shoot him, you know, or yeah. something like that. You know, it's 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 really weird, you know, but it's really uh, compelling, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I liked that um I really liked in that sequence when he decides to go into that house cuz he has to kill that guy. Right. <laughs> like yeah. there's the op- there's no op- there's no option of just like, well, I'll run away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to go kill this guy so I can continue and it's it's going to be going to take me too long. It's going to put me off fucking track, but I <laughs> I can't survive if I don't kill this person. Exactly. And then the tensity of going up the staircase with him. Mm. And then he pulls the door open. Like, you know, they're like, he's going to be shooting you. Like, <laughs> so for me, it was just like the fact he didn't duck. He just opened the fucking door. Right. <laughs> like, just speaks to the fact that like they're kids and, and, he's and on a really table. he was on it. They're, they're kids and there's, and nobody won in right. that situation. Because right, he got yeah. knocked out and really thrown off course. Yeah. Which, when he woke up from that, sent him into, like, a mass panic. Yeah. Because right. he didn't know what time it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it could have been the next... It could have been the next night, and yeah. he missed his window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So, like, the fear in being in that moment was so staggering. Yeah. Um, But I think... I mean, the whole thing was was great honestly but i think like that first chunk of it as they get up to that farmhouse where 
who you thought was the main character eventually dies. Yeah. Um, mm. be prior to that, I thought that was like the most incredible part of the film. Oh, but as, there's as so there's so much good after it. Making but their I way just through, like uh, making their way through no man's land and then the 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 German trenches. Yeah, yeah, that was just so fucking tense because you just like you're expecting something. Right. Mm. You're expecting. You're expecting. You're expecting. And nothing. Not that nothing happens, but like a mouse is like the most. It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> okay. So real quick, what was everybody's favorite scene? For me, for me, it's it, it's easy. It's going across no man's land, across that crater that Brian had mentioned earlier, and the with the water in it, oh and the God. seam the seamless fucking transition of that camera from climbing that embankment to going over it to just crossing that water mm-hmm. with zero ripples in it, and just like I, my mouth was my jaw was on the floor. When that happened, I fucking I like was looking around like, did everybody just see that? Yeah. Did everybody see that? Because that was incredible. <laughs> and so like that was also my favorite sequence was was going through that. And I feel like people take camera mo- like movements like that for granted because people don't understand the amount of work that goes into a shot like that. Mm. I can't yeah. even imagine how long it took them to set that up and rehearse that and go through that. The popcorn on my lap fired <laughs> off of my lap. So, <laughs> but there was a shot like that in uh, there was a shot like that in Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yes. Um, oh my god, I love that fucking movie. Where they're in, uh, where the family is in the minivan and they're on yes. a highway, and the camera is going through the minivan and then yes. out and then taking a wide shot and then it's coming back in and all of that was seamless and I'm sure no one appreciated that either but yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so when I see stuff like that it pops me every time yeah great filmmaking is is great filmmaking you know but going from that into like the tunnel system mm. Uh, where the it showed the rats and everything, and then the mm-hmm. one fell on the floor and started to drag that bag towards the tripwire. Dude, <laughs> I held my breath. I was like, <gasps> and then it exploded because I wasn't like y- you have the expectation that like, okay, this movie's gonna go and it's it's just gonna be like a misstep. Like they're gonna somehow get away from from tripping that wire or something, but it, right. it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden they're blown to bits and Schofield is buried under rubble. Mm. And like that just caught me right off guard, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that fucking, Oh my God. I can't, nobody reaches out to grab the rat for fear of like rats and right. also spooking it. <laughs> so rather it, let it just do what it wants to do. Maybe it'll turn around. Right. I think my favorite part may have been where he, like, fucking comes up to that fucking building on fire, and there's, like, a fucking rifleman at just that, just, that just comes out of the fucking darkness. Right. (sighs) Stands in front of the flames. Yeah. Yeah, Like, Mm. just that fucking whole sequence, and then him going into the, uh, finding that woman with the baby and all that that shit i feel like that was kind of uh like symbolic a little bit oh yeah no like that 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 whole thing was uh, almost like a surreal 
you know, sequence, like almost like, like he's going almost like through hell or purgatory or something like that's how yeah, it came yeah. off to me. Like, and that he's eventually running. He's just running through, through yeah, flames. He left his and fucking fire. gun. He just ran. <laughs> yeah. And, and through flames and other, other Germans firing at him and, and yeah. Hmm. And not really knowing where he's going. He's just running. He just knows that he has to make it to the river. Because that if right, he makes it to the he river. Just, yeah. Yeah. He, but the the lighting in that sequence, like the bombed out city with the with the fires. Oh my god. The yeah. ember lighting, dude. Yeah. And like the flares going off. Yeah. Oh my god, the fucking flares. And and also at that point it's fucking dark, but by the time he leaves, it's slowly uh, dawning yeah like the yeah. sun is rising it's fucking crazy right. it looks so good um wow moment <laughs> of truth uh, there there are so many great scenes i mean when he's in the river um i just remember my hands were on my head because i'm like mm-hmm. just he's he's gonna hit a rock you know he's gonna get knocked out again or something like that um uh, you know this the scene at the end where he he meets Blake's brother was good. God, oh. that was, I, I, I guess if I, if I have to pick one, it's going to be, um, when, when Blake, the younger Blake and Schofield are, they have made their way out of no man's land and out of the German trenches and even out of the, where the artillery was, um, that the Germans destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're there. It's before they get to the farmhouse, uh, and they're just talking and, they they tell a story about a guy who lost his ear and then they they talk about um Schofield how he won a medal or was awarded a medal mm, um, right, for right. being in the battle of the Somme which was one of the the biggest battles in World War 1 and one of the bloodiest um and that conversation i thought was i thought that was fucking great how Schofield says you know i hated going home because I know I had to come back and how the metal was just a piece of tin and all that. stuff. I just love that kind of, that kind of conversation. And I thought both actors were really good in it at that. You know, I thought they were both good in the whole thing, of course, but I just, I thought that scene was really great. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I I really liked the dialogue in the, in the film throughout. None of it came off like, Oh, somebody wrote that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sounded like two guys that don't really know each other, but they're just kind of like they're trying to familiar and yeah. stay comfortable and 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 loose rather than super serious. Yeah, because Schofield at one point was like, "Why did you pick me for this?" <laughs> like, well, I, I I thought I was just going to be a little you no know, messenger detail thing. Yeah, he was like, "I didn't know." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommen, I know, right? I know. And then yeah, uh, actually, you know what? I didn't realize he was Tommen until after I saw it. Same, really. Same. I had yeah. to look it up. I was like, "Why does he look so familiar?" <laughs> that was yeah. in the, when, when I saw the trailer. I was like, "Hey!" <laughs> yeah, that, that fucking baby face. I've only seen one other place, man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the fact that he was blonde in Game of Thrones threw me off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pro- yeah, that's fair. Um, I did like. Uh, more in that beginning half when they're going through the trenches, mm-hmm. how the the camera, dude, I fucking, I couldn't believe it, man. They were, so the camera was in front of them watching their faces walk through the, the um, trenches. Mm-hmm. And then 
they would get into a big group where it was kind of a widened area and the camera would kind of go to the side and then it was behind them going through the other part of it and it kept transitioning in that throughout that sequence and i thought that that was so fucking cool yeah Yeah. because it wasn't always in front of them it wasn't always behind them but they kept playing with in front and behind without making cuts yep it was i thought that was dude oh my god i was because it just and it led it led itself to the length of the trenches Mm -hmm. and how far into it they have to go to get to the guy that wants to give them a message like that was so cool to me um it, it almost reminded me of like 24 in the way that like you're with this person for a specific amount of time. Yeah, that's fair. And it's not cutting away. Um, so you're just kind of like living in real time with these guys. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one critique and it's not it's not the movie. Um, I actually I, I didn't have any issues with the movie itself. It's with the trailer. Um. I wish they had not put the basically the, the climax of the film in the trailer as Schofield is so close to delivering his message to call off this attack and the attack is happening behind him. The guys oh, are going yeah, over and, yeah. and the explosions are hitting because as you know, as, as much as the movie had me in there, that's in the back of my mind that that oh, well, that's coming. And right, I just right. yeah. I just wish they hadn't done. It. I know it makes for a really compelling trailer that you've got this guy running on this green grass and you see Across guys coming them, over the trench yeah. and you know all these soldiers are coming up and there's explosions and then it goes into the numbers 1917 but they shouldn't have done that they really shouldn't no. have done yeah. that yeah i agree thinking about it now like that's one of the most i feel like that's like the scene of the movie that like encompasses the movie right there yeah because mm-hmm. he he like can't get through the trench fast enough so it's like fuck this you know fuck it (laughs) it's so it's so fucking awesome that scene yeah i didn't even really think about that yeah and every every fucking person he meets on the way where's general so-and-so oh he's another 15 fucking minutes that way god damn it (laughs) oh he's in belgium you'll have to go to belgium (laughs) and the kid just gets up he runs underneath a plane yeah now um i will say one thing that the trailer set me up for that I'm glad didn't happen in the movie was that the you see in the trailer you see Benedict Cumberbatch saying there's only one way this war ends last man standing and then earlier and then then in the film um, after Blake is killed at the farmhouse Mark Strong's character and his convoy shows up Mm -hmm. and Mark Strong says to Schofield like you know Colonel McKenzie, um, make sure there are people around when you give him these news yeah give him this this message because you know intimating that if there's no one else around, he'll just keep attacking because there are, there are military leaders like that. Who'll just be like, Oh, fuck the orders. We're going to attack. Um, and when like a good fight. Yeah. Especially when you're not the one doing it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When you can I'm order very people safe to do it. in this, in this labyrinth of, of uh, the trenches. But yeah, uh, you know, and then when he gets there and the way that scene starts to play, I'm like, Oh fuck, it's going to be for naught. He's yeah. he's li- he's really gonna ignore the fucking orders, and then he doesn't, and he and he and he and he follows yours. I was like, oh fucking thank Christ, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. so I thought that was an interesting. I don't know if that was intentional in the trailer, but that was definitely something that the trailer kind of set me up for, and then and then paid that off. Yeah, That's I don't cool. necessarily know if I have any straight up issues with the film because it's so fresh in my brain. I'd have to like think on it some more. Um, 
there was like a point towards the middle i think where i started to like oh well how much time is left you know like i've Mm -hmm. i kind of have to go to the bathroom um but then it picked right back up for me and and it didn't lull anymore after that. it had to it had to have that uh, it, like if, if you're talking about the middle like when he yeah the, the burnt out town basically yep. yep yeah it had to have that um because then it it had to pick up for him running through the the town being shot at then jumping into the river and then having that uh, then then again that another lull right before the assault started yeah no uh, absolutely was, and i i yeah. i understand that yeah. Um, I'm just saying like from a viewing perspective, first time seeing that lull, I kind of like dipped down, but I understand the point right. of it was to get me back up. Now it's really cool because I, I, I actually, I, I kind of wish, I mean, I, I'm glad I saw it, um, when it came out, but I kind of wish I had seen it again more, you know, close to us recording today, just so it would have been, you know, another viewing fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I um. There's also the guy, the guy singing the song, like when he finally arrives at that point in the woods. Yeah. Before he sets off on his just mad sprint across the the trenches, um, I thought that that scene was like perfectly placed to just like give you one more like, <gasps> yeah, before going balls out again. Yep. Um, and the the camera work in that like capturing their faces yeah in that like seamless movement across the ground as they're all sitting there listening because like you could tell some of them like don't care about him singing a song but they're all just like well we're fucking here and this might be the last thing that we ever do that we enjoy right yeah you know (laughs) so they have they all have these faces on like yeah yeah this is where we're at and he just kind of like slumps up against the tree and realizes he's in the right group of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody asks a question. He just shows up. Yeah. You know, like if he had a weapon, they'd all be dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> but nobody even fucking looks at him and they're just like, oh, he's probably real tired too. Like we're fucking exhausted because they're children. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is true. They are all very young men. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, other than, like I said, the trail, I don't have any critiques. I, I think this was just an amazing film. Um, I really liked all the casting decisions too. I thought, yeah, um, the the they're basically cameos, but you know they they got these British actors who come from you know just have great resumes. You know, you got Benedict Cumberbatch, you got Mark Strong, you've got um, Colin Firth, and uh, I can't remember the name. That I can never remember his name, but he played Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes. Yes, movie. dude, he I was, he I was noted him. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's just a lot of great actors in it, um, and of course the the two main characters you know i thought they portrayed those two characters great dude the kid that played showfield was great yeah, yeah. uh schofield um george mckay yes. he, dude he was in um this hulu show is that the 11 yes yes he was it it's 11 63 with oh, james franco okay. oh okay he yeah. was phenomenal in that show and i didn't even connect it because his character was so different but yeah, he was, dude, he was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, I thought everyone was was really good. I love how the movie starts with him leaning against a tree and then him, and ends with him leaning against a tree. I thought that was great. Yeah, me too. Paul, do you have any issues with the film? No, no. The only thing it would be those, like, 
glaring, you know, oh, they're cutting away, but not making it look like it's not cutting away sort of thing. Okay. The other, other than that, like, I don't, I really can't think of a single thing to say. I think that World War One doesn't get a lot of attention. It's, it's you know, over 100 years ago and things like that start to fade from, you know, popular culture. Um, I just want to say, first, I think this was great that it's a movie that looks at World War One. Um, there haven't been many huge release movies that do that. Um, mostly it's World War Two that gets the attention, and I get it because it was more recent. And... Yeah, it was all sexy. And... <laughs> well, to be fair, it's 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 kind of a more easy-to-understand war. You know, you have Hitler and G- Germany were evil, and we had to fight them, you know. And there was... Right, it wasn't, um, it wasn't about... The the Allied forces falling in because of the assassination of Archduke Franz exactly. Ferdinand. World War One was complicated as fuck, um, and and so treaties, man, yeah. fucking treaties. And so it's hard to, to make a a movie that's going to be a wide release that you hope will appeal to a wide range of people. Um, but I th- I think this was done just the right way, and I, I I I'm glad that it's getting attention, and not only getting attention, but possibly going to win Best Picture, and I hope it does. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great fucking movie. I, I, I do use the term masterpiece. I really do think it is a masterpiece. Um, I think Sam Mendes should win best director for it. And if fucking Roger Deakins doesn't win for best cinematography, I don't know what the fucking Academy is doing, you know? He, so they, they rehearsed this and measured it out over six months. Yeah. Before Jesus. filming. Wow. Um, so Jordan was curious about the amount of time that they put into it to get all of those things right. They had to, um, the director and the cinematographer went to wherever this was actually filmed. Yeah. Um, and they laid flags down and they just had like, they were sticking flags in the ground. Like, okay, here, a few steps more here. And they, and they measured out where they had to dig, um, for the trenches. Cause they, they, all of that stuff was built. Yeah. Oh, that it, it looked like it was too. I know that yeah, CG like, can do a lot. Um, I think they that, dug that out all a full mile worth of tunnel. Yeah. They over, yeah. Over, I think it was over a mile and a half of trench wow. work that they dug. Um, and then they had to set up that city with the, with like the, uh, when you think about like, uh, soundstage houses where it's just like, or like a Western, where it's just the facade and then like the two right. things holding it up on the, like a lot of those houses were that, but like the fucking, the, the sheer amount of pre-production work to get to principal photography is insane for this. Mm-hmm. Six, six, five, like that's unbelievable. Half a dude. year just yeah. spent rehearsing. Rehearsing. Rehe- like, so those two Jesus. kids are just walking with probably the scripts in their hands, just running lines back and forth. <laughs> trying to figure it out and then they add all of that military equipment onto them and they're like all right now do that i also want to say i thought that the it's a really i think it's a really smart movie it's a really intelligent movie in that it doesn't bash you over the head with some things like there's things you can just infer um you know about the way that world war one was you know that they were walking down a trench the wrong way and that you weren't supposed to do that. And you could tell mm-hmm. like guys were getting pissed off as they were <laughs> going the wrong way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and accidentally bumping, you know, maybe a, a wounded guy. And, you know, there's an altercation, shit like that. Like, um, I, I just, it, it, and as they're making their way through no man's land, you just, all the dead things that are 
in the mm-hmm. in the mud and you know it's mm-hmm. I, yeah they were like go to the dead horse right um make it make, make a, a left the dead horse and then when you see the bent over guy you know that you've reached a certain point and then as we're going through it i'm like there's the dead horse <laughs> there's the bent over guy when you get to the pile of intestines what you want to do is you want to yeah. you want to just crawl through that um <laughs> of course of course yeah. oh yeah oh, of course no yeah i just i, I thought i the, I, I thought it was just so fucking well done. Uh, I mean, Christ, when he gets to, on the river and he just ends up at again another pile of another pile of dead bodies. Oh my god! god. Damn it. Uh, Crawling and, and, out of the dead body pile in the river, and, and, and they're fucking, was fucking like, disgusting. And there's no and shit. Yeah, oh. and there's no point at which I'm like, well, that you know that doesn't look real. <laughs> you know, no, there's no, no point. it I'm did. All, I'm all I'm buying into all of it. I'm just like, this is all horrifying and disgusting and. Christ, I feel for him, you know. And then he just openly weeps. Yeah, which yeah. was great. That was the first point in that film where he broke. It's been a day. Yeah, <laughs> he had yeah. a day. But also, like yeah. in his brain, he's thinking, "Well, it's over. I'm right. late. I'm too right. late." Yeah, dude. When um when Blake is stabbed <laughs> by the fucking German guy because he wouldn't just put him out of his misery, like his friend had suggested. Yeah. Um. And he's like, go get him some water. And he, uh, I was just like, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then somehow, I don't know how they did it in the way that they filmed the movie, but they made his face go white. Yeah, I noticed that. Oh, yeah, no. They, I, I don't know how they did that, but yeah, I, 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 I noticed that too. And, and Unless they just did it digitally after the fact, but it, but it was like, it was so gradual and that... And I have to think pretty realistic when you're losing that amount, that much blood, you know. Yeah, because his friend at at a, at the at a some point, Jofia was like, "It's merely a flesh wound." <laughs> it's a, it's a Get up, we gotta go. <laughs> I think that was the most emotional point in the film for me. Oh yeah, yeah. that was right. We gotta yeah, stand up, sure. and then he tries to like physically just pick him Pull up, him? and he can't. Yeah. Oh, that was heart wrenching. Yeah. but it was real. But honestly, though, it was really cool seeing that dog fight happen but like from that perspective yeah that mm-hmm. yeah that that was cool yeah and then he's like oh we got him <laughs> actually i, I do want to say i do want to say something because we do normally cover like these bring up music um and i thought the soundtrack actually was really good for what it was uh in that it never really establishes any sort of like theme or yeah. it, it, it mm. does exactly what it's supposed to it's just there it's in the background and it's, you know, it really ramps up. I remember it, it really ramped up when he's running through the, um, through the, the bombed out town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and, but even like when they were going through the, the no man's land and trenches, it's just there in the background, kind of just really ominous. Um, I thought, I thought it was a really good score. Yeah, no, I, it never, it never was um, overwhelming or overbearing. It served like just like everything in this film. It served the 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 story. Yeah, I will say that there were a couple moments where I was like, it did remind me of of what Hans Zimmer did with Dunkirk, in that some of the some of the beats almost sounded like a ticking clock. And mm-hmm. and given the mm-hmm. story, that makes sense. But it did it mm-hmm. did kind of make me think of that. Well, I think weren't they kind of using that in the trailer? There was like a ticking to it. They, yeah, they might have. Yeah. But they definitely did. I could have well. swore that that was, yeah. I could have swore that that was part of the trailers. Was the the, yeah. 
because it, it just sense. establishes like a sense of urgency. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, no. I, I, what I'm saying is, it definitely, it definitely worked. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Paul, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, again, so beautiful cinematography. <laughs> what? You what, mate? <laughs> um, final thoughts for me is just like uh, I've now seen two war movies in the last I don't know three or four years now, mm-hmm. and uh, they've both been fucking fantastic. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if it's a genre that I'm like suddenly into, <laughs> but these two movies have just, they've been, they've been, there's no argument to make that they, how, like, I don't know how somebody watched this and was like, that fucking sucked. Like how, yeah. how were you not pulled in by that? <laughs> it lost me early on and you know, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I phone. believe that uh, the kid seemed too young. You know what I mean? Like, like who <laughs> the fuck didn't like this movie? I don't understand. Um, and I do hope it wins best picture. I'm pulling for it because I saw it, and we covered it here, so I definitely want it to win. <laughs> I have to say, like, I, 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 I think I'll probably watch it again at some point, but I don't know if it's a if it's one of those movies that I could watch over and over. Like, like I mentioned, Patton earlier. Patton's a movie mm-hmm. that I can watch over and over again, and it's mostly because of George C. Scott and his great performance. But it's also, I think, it's a decent war movie. Um, you know, glory is glory. Glory is a movie I can watch over and over, but I don't I think know about it's this. Because this is a, I think it's an experience. It is. Like this was go see it in the theater. Yeah. And if you don't see it in the theater, I hope your setup at home is like good and right. you pay attention. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because if you like, this isn't a movie that you just like throw on. Like I hope in three years this isn't on TNT. Yeah. You know what I mean? With like fucking commercial breaks and shit. Because <laughs> why would you bother? <laughs> you know, it's like oh, oh this <laughs> uh, this this airing of 1917 is brought to you by the, the fucking the Toyota Tundra. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. You have and to then, watch it all the way through. And then when it comes back to the movie, the fucking bomb goes off <laughs> from the rat. Like, like right, <laughs> af- right after that, like, whoa, How shit, the f- wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> that actually really brings a really good point. Like, where the fuck do you put commercials? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where would you put a fucking commercial break? It would have to be one of those things where they would air it and it would be with limited commercial corru- uh, commercial interruption <laughs> sponsored by something and they would cut it like halfway through when he gets when he gets shot in yeah. the house yeah. and that's when they take yeah. the commercial break for like 10 minutes Coors. and then they come <laughs> yeah grab yourself a Coors Light <laughs> Rocky Mountain Cold you know like where the, like why the fuck would you do that like you can't do that with this yeah um, it would just completely take away from it. I don't know. Like, I mean, it depends on if I if how I'm feeling. But I might. I like. I haven't bought Dunkirk on Blu-ray. Yeah, neither have I. But I I like that movie. I did too. Yeah. Um. Like, I don't know if I would purchase this for home viewing. But like, it's one of those movies that like you you should see it. It's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. But it's not one of those things that like yeah. Why don't we throw on 1917? You guys bored on Saturday? <laughs> You know, it's not one of those movies because yeah. it's not like it's a, it's an experience. It's not like an entertainment value yeah. thing. You know, you're learning something or you're watching something to to get to a point. You're not like, oh, fuck, I love that character. You know, what I mean, nobody's right. like, man, Schofield. He was really I just he pulled me back to the film. I want to watch it again and again because he was funny sometimes. Yeah. So final thoughts for me. Like you guys said, like, I don't know if I'd rewatch this film. 
Um, but I would definitely be interested to watch like the making of a film mm. like this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm more interested in the technical aspect of this movie and the cinematography and the direction and, and stuff like that than I was. It might in be the worth story. it to own. It might be worth it to own then for special features on this. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, as far as the story goes, like, yeah, it was cool and it was simple and stuff like that. And it did have some weight to it and some seriousness, but like from a technical standpoint and like just a filmmaking experience, Mm -hmm. I I feel like anyone who's interested in film, like the industry and like making movies and stuff like that and editing, I, I can't express how you should see this film. So you could like take it in and appreciate it. Um, Definitely, if you're like interested in making films, go out of your way to see this in theaters. Yeah, not necessarily sure if I would be interested in watching the movie again on like Blu-ray, like at home or whatever, or like if I'm on Netflix or whatever. But definitely for like a bonus features situation, I'm I'm interested in in coming back to this. Uh, Jordan Paul, I'm curious, were you able to see it in IMAX? No. No, I just saw it in, in a regular Cinemark theater. That, and that's what Rob and I did as well. Um, I, I know that it now is in some IMAX theaters, and that's one of the things that I was really hoping the theater around here that I like to go to would get it, and it did not, or at least hasn't yet. Um, I'm hoping that maybe if it wins Best Picture, they'll put it back out into IMAX theaters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once it is, I'm going to. I definitely will see it again because that's a whole different thing. Is seeing it. Yeah. In yeah. IMAX yeah. is a much more interesting experience. So I definitely will see that again if it does that. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So uh, this has been episode 33 of Pop Cannon. We reviewed 1917. Uh, let us know what you thought. Decent year, you know. <laughs> uh, as always, I'm Jordan. I am Robert. It's Paul here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Brian. Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> oh, hey, mate. What you doing? <laughs> I'm going to go down to the, 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 lo- the lorry and get in the tube <laughs> and eat some fish and chips on the telly. <laughs> Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Bob's your bloody uncle. I don't know. I don't know how many listens we get overseas, but I don't think any of them are going to be going to be coming from the UK anymore. Oh yeah, bloody love podcasts. Bloody love podcasts. That was episode 33, all about the Golden Globe winning Oscar-nominated film 1917. Were you as impressed by the technical aspects as we were? Did you appreciate the cast and their abilities? Were you blown away by the sheer amount of work and planning that went into the one-shot approach? Does that impress you? Does it deserve to win the Oscar for Best Film? You heard our opinions, and now we want to hear from you let us know what you think you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter by simply searching pop cannon and giving us a follow just don't forget the k you know like for potassium 
We are also available across all podcast platforms, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and maybe possibly drop a five-star review our way? And just as a quick aside, on all of our social media accounts, we've been hyping up our newest tournament. This one is to determine the greatest 90s cartoon. And the tournament launches the same day this episode drops, so be sure to check that out on your favorite platform, or all of them really, as we tally every vote together and add them all up. We have shows like Rugrats, Dexter's Lab, Dragon Ball Z, and much more. Almost a 100% guarantee your favorite is in the tournament somewhere, so get involved like last time and let's make this one even more successful. As usual, you can follow me and the rest of the guys on the podcast individually. I, Robert, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. Paul has an Instagram he doesn't use at my dinner with Julius LaRosa. And if you're quick, you could follow Brian into the shallow woods right off the front line. It was such a somber moment, Brian stood up to regale his compatriots with a beautiful song. As he began, the soldiers in his regiment didn't really seem into it. One even shushed him. They didn't want Brian to be the last person they heard sing. So one of the guys suggested William sing instead. And boy, he has the voice of an angel. Really, it's so beautiful and melodic. Frustrated, Brian went into the trenches early and decided he was going to go near the end of the first wave. As his commanding officer gave the word, Brian charged over the trench and began to run, but was blasted into by some idiot kid who was running parallel to the trench line. Who the fuck does that? He really rolled his ankle badly. After he gathered himself, he crawled back into the trench and was assisted to the medical bay next to the hundreds of his brethren who have missing legs and gunshot wounds and mortar burns. He began to sing that song again. He knew all the words in the music. He frequently sang it back home, but for whatever reason, he couldn't find the rhythm. He thought it was because of all the groaning. Then, the soldier next to him, whose insides were on his outsides, reached up to Brian to get his attention, and he quickly put his finger over his lips. Brian was incensed. He limped back through the trench system, hyper-focused on getting some of his aggressions out on these no-good Germans, and much to his dismay, he was informed the attack had been called off. That's a wrap on episode 33. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be a review of the DC film Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Thank you for listening. <laughs>